Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 5 of the After 9 Podcast. We are back from vacation, and you can settle the hell down, because I am <laughs> sick and tired of those messages. <laughs> Did you get a lot of them? What's yeah. going on? Where's the podcast at? You screwed up my week. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> we were on vacation, and I mean, for what it's worth, we're out of time. So we're going to be here, like, every day until New Year's. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we're back little vacation time under our belt and it never fails every time we take time off something great happens something great where i'm thinking oh i want to talk about this in the podcast uncensored so can we go back and recap a couple of things before we talk about what's going on today at your household cat for the first day of school yes we can and by the way i agree with you it's like every time we take a week off shit goes down yeah yeah. Every fucking time. Yeah. So let's go back and answer the burning question, where the fuck is Doug? Yeah. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> Good afternoon. Since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, our government has responded to the ever-changing threat of COVID-19. Note he still hasn't learned how to say COVID. Oh, COVID. It's COVID. He's still here with us, folks. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug! We didn't hesitate measures in place in order to protect people's health and safety. Now, like other provinces and countries around the world, we find ourselves responding to our greatest enemy yet, the Delta variant. Dun, dun, dun. It's our greatest enemy yet, Kat. Mm-hmm. Our cautious three-step plan to reopening Ontario was measured. It was a plan that responded to a virus that continues to evolve. We had some of the highest thresholds for loosening restrictions and maintained public health measures like indoor masking. This cautious approach allowed us to continue delivering record numbers of vaccines while fortifying hospital capacity and keeping COVID cases down. See what he does here is he builds you up with all the good shit that they've done. And then he brings you right back down with the announcement that he is full blown flip flopping and Ontario is getting a vaccine passport. Here we go. And we will. Because we need to protect our hospitals. We need to avoid lockdowns at all costs. We want our kids in school and our businesses to stay open. And let's be clear. The Delta variant is here and it's very, very real threat. Particularly to those who remain unvaccinated. We know that if you're unvaccinated, you are 27 times more likely to end up in a hospital if you get COVID and 42 times more likely to end up in critical care. Folks, please, the facts are clear. The vaccine is the best tool we have to keep people safe, keep our hospitals from being overwhelmed and avoid further lockdowns. And that's why we're adopting an enhanced vaccine certificate. There it is. There it is. Yep. Mr. I don't want to split society backtracks and splits society. Now, he didn't. I know that that's what people are saying, particularly those who are not in favor of vaccine passports. Uh, we're already divided. There's no two ways about it. We are divided. One thing I will say 
is I've really learned that even though 80% of the province is vaccinated, it's not 8 in 10 that support vaccine passports. There's a lot of people, it seems, that are fully vaccinated that aren't in favor of having to flash this passport when it's ready in October. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do it. They think it's a slippery slope or they've just been influenced by their friends on social media. I don't know what it is. But even though 8 and 10 have been vaccinated, it's not 8 and 10 that support this vaccine passport. I guess now we can call it a passport, right? I mean, this isn't what I asked for. I think right. you and I were pretty clear. Businesses should be allowed to decide we're going to be a vax location or we're going to be an anybody location. Right. Well, But the government took it a step further and they're mandating restaurants, gyms, movie theaters, sporting events, places like that. If you want in. You got to show your vaccine passport. Yeah, they're calling it a vaccine certificate, if I'm not mistaken, not a passport. Fine. It's all like whatever. It, the wording is whatever. I never liked the term passport, but Me either. It, whatever. It is a certificate of sorts. So I'm good with vaccine certificate. I know that's what what they're going with. So, I mean, it's exactly what you expect it to be. I'm okay with it personally. I, I, I get it. And a lot of cities, a lot of regions wanted to put that in play anyway. They were just waiting to see what the province would do. And here we are. I see some people being pissed about it. And here we go, guys. This is the beginning of the takeover. No, they don't want, they also don't want you using cash. I've seen all kinds of things happen. So I'll admit when we were off last week, I mean, I heard of it and I, I get emails for these kinds of things um, because we're part of like the news cycle. So I, I saw it. But what are the next steps? What are the next steps for those who are going to be eligible for this vaccine certificate? I mean, the whole thing's just a pile of hot garbage starting in September because, you know, for all the time that, that the premier spent saying, I don't want the split society. They could have been working on it because you didn't need to be smart to realize that this was coming. We've been expecting this for a very long time, and apparently they did none of the legwork in advance. So now we've got to develop an app. Here we go again, like when the vaccine portal wasn't ready and they had to keep testing it for a while longer. So in this case, starting September 22nd, you'll have to have the PDF copy that you download from the vaccine portal or the actual printout copy of your receipt from having been vaccinated, and you've got to show that with photo ID. Then a month later, October 22nd, you'll be able to download this new app, and then you type in your basic info, like your postal code and your, your health card number and so on and so forth, and it will give you a QR code. The QR code will show that you've been fully vaccinated. But then there's another app that the business owners will download to scan your QR code. I have a bit of an issue with that because one thing I don't want this vaccine passport to do is track us. And I know that that might sound naive to some people, but I really don't like the idea that it takes a government app to read another government app. If I look at any QR code with my phone, I just open up the camera. QR code comes into the screen. Boom. It asks me if I want to open a website or it tells me what I need to know. Why wouldn't that suffice here? Why does it need to be a government-developed app that reads that QR code? So now it not only knows who I am, but where I was, and probably why. And I don't feel like that's information that the government needs. Hmm. 
I know that there are probably ways they could figure that out if they really want to know, hey, where was Scott Fox last Wednesday at 3 p.m.? I'm sure they have ways of doing of it. They are the, the government. Of course. Well, and your phone tracks, they do, yes. And the, your phone tracks absolutely everything about you. You know, whether you think that the location is completely turned off or not, there's always ways. So, I don't know. It's, it's not really an issue for me. I understand some people will take issue with it. But, I like, who really fucking cares? I don't care. I just want to know why it needs to be a government app that reads the COVID app. I would think that any QR code is readable on any phone and I should be able to just scan it for anyone who shows it to me and say, okay, yeah, you're fully vaxxed. It gives you a green or a red or a yellow or something. I just don't understand why they want that information, but it seems like if they're going out of their way to develop that, then they want that information for something. And I'm really not sure why nobody is talking about that. Well, maybe they're looking, I mean, maybe they do need that information though. Maybe they do need to look at the actual numbers and see, okay, how many people from what areas are going to what places? Maybe that that information will actually be useful. It doesn't mean that they're going to release your name and address, but it might be nice to know that, hey, someone from Milton went to over here in, uh, I don't know, went to British Columbia and used their, I don't know if we can even use it across province, but just as an example, they might want to know that information and see how people move. It, and people don't like that. I know there's people hearing that going, yeah, that's exactly it. I don't want you to see how I move. Like I personally have nothing to hide, so I don't understand. Like I've never understood it. I don't get it. I, I don't give a shit. I don't do anything wrong. So I'm not sure why it's such a big deal. But if you don't like it, then you're just going to have to opt out of it. And I, it's hard for people to hear that. But uh, what else can I tell you? Then don't go to the casinos and the and the gaming establishments or the sex clubs or the concerts or whatever. Don't just don't go. Hey, let me ask you, though. I mean, if I'm at the casino at 3 p.m. on Thursday and then later on, it turns out somebody robbed the casino around that time I was there. Will the police have access to that and be able to say, oh, here's all the people that were at the casino on Thursday at 3 p.m.? Yeah, it's possible, yeah. But but how but how is that any different from them swiping your ID if, let's say, they did do that at the door anyway? Like, I get my ID occasionally swiped from there, so they know I've been there. What does it matter? I just feel like that's information that shouldn't just be out there for anybody who wants to access it for any reason. I mean, there's certain things that we're all protected uh, from and and certain things that police, for example, would need a warrant for. I'd kind of like to know uh, what are they going to use that info for and why does the government want that? Why can't any smartphone that has a camera on it be able to read this QR code? Why does it need to be the government app that does that? And I'm, maybe there's a good reason for it, and they just haven't explained it, but I'd kind of like that explained, how that information is going to be used. Uh, let's play a little more of Doug before we get to Justin. Hi, how you doing? Good afternoon. Uh, question for Premier Ford. Um, you know, today Quebec announced the beginning of their vaccination plan. They have their, their QR code. It's all set up. You were hesitant to do this for months. Why now? And what do you say to the people of Ontario who are frustrated that it's taken this long and they're going to have to wait until October 22nd to get a QR code? Uh, September 22nd. Well, let, let me just answer your question. There's no secret that, uh, you know, I wasn't in favor of this. Matter of fact, I stood there, uh, you know, a while back and saying I wasn't in favor of it. After sitting down with Dr. Moore, after finding out that the federal government just three weeks ago it was just three weeks ago, said 
they weren't going to have a national passport. Uh, instead, they decided to go with an unnecessary election. We're going to move forward with this, and we have some of the most cautious, cautious protocols in the entire country, in North America. As Dr. Moore said, we've been working hard, and I want to thank the people of Ontario. I want to thank the frontline healthcare workers. Uh, we have some of the highest vaccination rates in the entire world. We continued to have masking policies that other provinces, be it BC and, uh, and, and Alberta, uh, BC has 300 times more cases, or three times as well, six times. What math are you doing here? 300 times. Well, huh? three times, but what, what the, yeah, it's what? still bad, everybody. It's fucking terrible. Doug, did you catch the federal politician virus where you don't actually answer the question? It was very simple and straightforward. Why the flip-flop, and did that flip-flop cost us time here? Quebec is ready to go. Why are we not ready? Why are you so late to the party here? Did you seriously not envision any circumstance where we might need this and tell some of your your developers, uh, you know what, we should probably put out a a, a call, a a tender here for uh, uh, someone to develop an app that has QR code info based on healthcare data. Never once did that occur to you? Why do you guys need to be dragged, kicking and screaming down the right thing to do street every fucking day? It's so frustrating. But anyway, he's looking tanned and everything. Doug's had a pretty good summer, I think. He uh, he looks good. Well, everybody deserves a little R&R. Like I told you, I think it's probably not going to be a fun couple of months coming up. With kids back in school, there's going to be people for calling for the schools to be closed. There's going to be people calling for the schools to stay open. And it's about to be a, a real shit show. So I'm okay with him getting a little R&R before he enters that because it's going to get bad. I am really, really surprised, by the way, that uh, I couldn't believe it when I said it this morning on our FM radio show. Today, kids are going back to school for the first time since April. Since the beginning of April, kids have been out of school, and today they go back in some boards. I know that there's other boards that are doing uh, tomorrow or Wednesday or Thursday. Some people have a staggered entry that sort of thing. But either way, this is back to school week. Are we ready? Are we good? Is this going to go smoothly for the most part? <laughs> Will they shut down again? I, I, I think the answer to that is no, they likely will not shut down again uh, in most areas. If they do shut them down again, it can't possibly be province wide because one of the biggest mistakes we made was painting everyone with the same brush. And when they did the whole bullshit about we're all in this together and all for one and one for all, but they let some areas go to step two, but left Kitchener behind, for example. We're not all in this together. So if shit goes south, they've got to look at it on a uh, health unit by health unit basis and not shut everything down again because Toronto or Peel or somewhere like that has a problem. Mm -hmm. But you now have a vested interest in making sure those schools stay open. You've got to go go to school. I want them to stay open. Please. Yes, please. Yeah, I really, I mean, I'm hoping for it. I have people who work in uh, in the Waterloo Region School Board, both both public and, and Catholic board, and they're cautiously optimistic. They think because they know so much more about stuff, and there are obviously vaccinations in play at this point now. Uh, but that said, we all know kids under 12 can't get the shot, and kids under 12 could be spreading it around, and if there's a big enough problem, then they could possibly um 
to some closures. I just hope that they that they're we're able to make it work so that okay, if you have to shut this classroom down because you're going to consider it an outbreak or one kid has it, everybody get tested and then everyone can come back in a couple weeks as long as everyone's okay. I don't know, like let's just try our best to keep it trucking along in class. I really hope that that we can make it work. I mean, I hoped so for the last few years, but it was so devastating, you know, that we couldn't have that kids couldn't have anything and didn't come back to class. For like the majority of last year, it's that sucks. It sucks. So I, I hope that they can make it work. So how's it going to work for you? Because let me give you a little preview of what the next 18 years of your life are going to be like. Uh, no, I guess about 13. I have never driven my kids to school because yeah. I've been doing morning radio the whole time. Yeah. Are you going to miss that? Or have you just come to grips with the fact that, hey, we got to put food on the table and this is how mama makes money? You know, it's so funny. Uh, so... I'll answer your question by telling you what a conversation I had with a girlfriend of mine who also does morning radio and also has young kids. And she said, thank God that you don't have to be there in the morning. It is the worst time to be there because she had been in afternoons and then she moved to mornings. She said, it is such a shit show in the morning. It's not fun. Like, get your shit, get your lunch, get everything in your backpack, blah, blah. She's like, be glad that you missed that part. Be happy that you get to be there and pick them up from school or see them as soon as they're home from school, hear about their day. It's a lot more calm and relaxed. You get that one-on-one time with them then. So honestly, I'm kind of past that. And I'm, I'm, I'm lucky, actually, because the only thing that I was sad to miss was her very first day of school. I thought, okay, I'm going to miss the very first day. That sucks for me. But, and because we do what we do, we don't take this time off. This is an important time for us to be on the radio. But I lucked out because she is one of those who are staggered. And her first day is actually this afternoon. So I get to bring her to her first day. And no I get kidding. to meet her teacher. So I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm thrilled with that. So I'm good. Now, are you going to be one of those pain-in-the-ass moms that joins parent council and wants to raise shit every time the school even looks the wrong way? Or are you going to be fairly laid back and let the professionals do their work? Yeah, I don't know if all of the people who are involved are seen as a pain in the ass. Is that why? Like, I don't know. This is all new to me. Are they generally perceived as a pain in the ass if they want to take part in the, I don't know, parent council or whatever? It depends how bad they want to affect change. I I always find it funny talking to my friends who are administrators, hearing about all the nonsense that they have to put up with because everything has to be collaborative now. Uh, Teachers can't teach and administrators can't administrate. They have to ask everybody else first. So, I mean, me personally, some of the stories I've heard, uh, yeah, I mean, you do good work and you volunteer and raise money and hand out pizza slices. That's what I thought these things were, but it also turns into being a bit of a lobby thing and it gets political and they try and inject themselves into the mask discussions and it's really... Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to get involved in anything like that. I have no problem being like, yeah, you know, because I have afternoons, yeah, I'll go help you out on that field trip. I'll take part in some things. I'm not interested in the politics of it at all. I totally snooped though, eh? So you get did a you, letter. Did you creep out your teacher? Oh, or did creeped you, them all. Not creep out. Did you creep the teacher? I, 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 I creeped on all of them. I, I tried to find as much as I could on all of them. Um, there's three teachers in, the, in my daughter's class and then there's the principal. So I actually did some recon on the principal, found out he's awesome. So I'm really happy to hear that. Um, some people who have wor- actually worked with him. Um, so that made me super happy. He seems like a really good dude. I haven't had a conversation with him at all yet. And then the three teachers whom I'll meet today, the teacher in the ECEs also seem cool. There's only like a couple on social, you know, they hide their profiles and stuff, but, 
Um, but from what I've heard from people who know them too, it's it's all good. So yes, but I creeped it. I creeped on all of it just to see what's going on. Just to see what's going on. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. Uh, well, good luck to your daughter. I know that this is a bittersweet day and it might even be a little emotional when you leave them there and carry on, but it has to be done and it's a life moment. So if you're a parent dropping your kid off at school for the first day today, good luck. Let's go to the prime minister of Canada. Now he made some headlines while we were off. Cause he gave out a, he's such a piece of shit sometimes, you know, Oh, text me. I want to hear what's important to you. It wasn't his cell phone number. Like, there are politicians who have given out their phone number. The Fords are two that are very well known for actually giving out their number and saying, if you need to speak to me, you can call or you can text me. Justin creates this fake fucking account and it's text me and then you got to sign up for shit. Then you've got to opt in to get surveys and all sorts of stuff. It was a scam. It was a scam to make it seem like he is trying to relate to the people and like he actually wants to know what's on your mind. And one of the things that he said the day he called this election was now it's time for you to have your say. You can have your say. And the problem is that a lot of Canadians are having their say. But Justin doesn't seem to want to hear it because he does nothing. But shit all over them. And I'm specifically talking about the people from the People's Party of Canada. Those are the supporters that are creating all the shit at these rallies. And I know that there's liberals out there who want to say, oh, it's the conservatives doing that. It's the conservatives. I I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure there's another party that's a lot further right that's doing this because this has never happened before. The prime minister had rocks thrown at him at a rally in London yesterday. And maybe you're asking, well, why are people so angry? Well, here's just a little bit. Of Justin Trudeau fanning the flames and trying to get people right pissed off. We'll make sure that everyone 12 or older on a plane or train is vaccinated. That's really important, especially for strong tourist regions like Niagara. If people don't feel safe, they won't come here. If there's a spike in cases, they can't come here. The businesses here have had too tough a year and a half to go backward now. But that's exactly what would happen with Aaron O'Toole and his weak leadership (laughs) on vaccines. (laughs) So remember, if you haven't already, now's the time to get your shots. Because vaccines not only keep you safe and our economy on track, they'll get everyone back to brighter days faster. So yesterday, Christy and I went to visit Toronto General Hospital, and we got to speak with some of the amazing doctors, nurses. I'm going to cut this shithead off right here briefly, but we may dip back into that because using the hospital as a photo op during the pandemic with the fourth wave going on during an election campaign that nobody except for Trudeau himself wanted was wildly inappropriate. It was a colossal waste of everyone's time so that Justin could get a photo with doctors because he wants to be the guy that says, get your vaccine. And and he's doing his Dr. Seuss shit again, too. Like uh, whether it's a plane or a train. You need to be vaccinated. 
And that's fine. That's probably his job right now is to say you should be vaccinated. What's not his job is to instantly write off those protesters to instantly say those are people that are filled with hatred and bigotry and call them misogynists and and all the other shit that he's doing, calling them you people, those people Mm. and treating them like they're just the scum of the earth because they haven't been vaccinated. You know, I wish the people would get vaccinated, too, because I would like to get on with things. But I'll tell you one thing that's not going to work, Justin, is really going over the top to villainize them like you are. He is trying, like I have not seen since Donald Trump himself, to divide people. This guy who got elected on sunny ways and carried on the coattails of hope and change is now the guy that's spitting out awful, awful rhetoric that's getting people mad. And, and I watched that news conference yesterday in London where people threw some stones at him. And it wasn't a lot of stones. He isn't even sure if he got hit. I'm sure he does know, but he's not admitting it. Let's be very fucking clear here. The RCMP is in charge of the prime minister's security. If they let him walk through that crowd and be in a situation where he was literally within a stone's throw of angry protesters like that who did get violent. They should all be fired. The RCMP is completely incompetent and inept if they thought that was okay. Or does the campaign want this? Does the campaign want Justin to be able to come out there and say, woe is me. I'll take the stones to the head to make the point that vaccines are important. You shouldn't be using the campaign opportunity you have here justin to divide canadians and make it worse than it is listen i'd like people to get vaccinated too but at some point somebody needs to sit down with the people who haven't been vaccinated and hear them out Mm -hmm. like it or not you need to listen to them because those are the people and and maybe they will maybe they won't cost you the election justin maybe i I think there's a real possibility they'll cost aaron o'toole the election because what are the the PPC party there? Is that like three, four percent in the polls? Well, those are people that are right leaning. Far more right in most cases than I think the regular conservatives are under Aaron O'Toole. If those five or six percent went to the conservatives, they'd probably have a majority government. They're probably not going to get a majority government because of the PPC. And that's just fine with Maxime Bernier. He likes it that way because he ran for the leadership of that party and they said no. So he formed his own party and Justin needs those people to keep being angry, to keep voting PPC, to not go to Aaron O'Toole. So he's going to keep fucking stoking those flames and not listening to them. I'd kind of like to hear them out. I'd like to know, is there anything we can do to persuade you? Are you looking for more information? Do you just need more time? Is there something that we can do to work with you so that, yeah, while the vaccine passport thing is going to happen in certain settings, you aren't completely excluded from society. You still have the opportunity to do things like go to church, uh, sit in a restaurant, whatever. There has to be a way that we can bring everybody under this big tent and say, here's the issues that are dividing us right now. How can we work it out that works for everybody? And if there's a give and a take, I'm sure there's a compromise here somewhere, but not this guy. 
Justin is going to set this whole fucking country on fire on his way out the door. He wants to blow it up. And I don't understand why it's allowed. You know, I almost think we're getting, we've already had uh, Christia, as Justin likes to call her in certain circumstances. We've already had some of her tweets flagged for blatantly manipulating video and putting misinformation out there. Flagged by Twitter. Liberals. Flagged by Twitter. And now the prime minister is stoking this fucking fire so much. I'm worried somebody's going to get hurt, Kat. And I don't know. Is the RCMP in charge? Are they the ones who can say, you know what? That's a dangerous situation for not just the prime minister of our country, but also for all of the national media that's on board. We're not going to park it in the middle of the parking lot and make everybody walk through the protesters. Maybe you drive right into the the hangar where you're given the news conference or the factory. There was no reason for Justin to be walking through that parking lot other than sympathy and creating division. And it's not right. Maybe they should. You know what? Do what they did with Trump. If he's going to come out there and spew a whole bunch of bullshit, don't carry his news conferences live. Air the highlights later after you've taken out the stuff that's totally meant to get people angry. What's your take on it? Have you been following any of it or did you disconnect for your I, week off? Uh, yeah, I've totally disconnected. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm what do we got? 12 days, 13 days. I can't fucking wait. I, I just I 13. hate I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. There's so everybody wants to nitpick on every little thing. I I I seriously don't think there's a good fucking candidate going anyway. I just can't wait for the election to be over. I want the signs off my off the fucking roads. Can't stand it all. I'm in a weird spot because, and first off, I do think Trudeau is going to win. I think he's going to win another minority government. I think a majority is all but lost at this point. I think it's going to be a minority government uh, uh, led by Justin Trudeau if he doesn't step down after going to another minority. But I don't know who to vote for. I really don't. And I've, I don't think there's many people that would be surprised to hear that in the past I've voted conservative and I tend to think fairly conservatively on pr- fiscal issues. But my local candidate is just such a fuck that I can't vote for him. I so th- he is. Uh, so, I mean, then what do I do? Well, I've got the liberal candidate, the new Democrat candidate and the green candidate. Yeah, and I- while I do like my liberal candidate or my local candidate, it's Adam Vancouverton, who I did not have high hopes for, but he- he's done the bare minimum. He's fine. I don't want to vote for him because that's a vote for Trudeau. That's a vote saying that all the... The sex scandals and so on are okay with you. They're okay with me. And I'm not going to say that's okay. Yeah. I feel like that's what it's a battle of for me right now is all of the shit from the past. But what's going to happen in the future? Do I trust that it's going to get better with this candidate, that candidate or the next one? Uh, I, I don't know. Could it get worse? Possibly. Do I at least know? Okay. You've been up to some shady shit. But at least we can see right through you and we're not stupid. Maybe. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm going to do. All that said, by the way, I don't even know what I'm going to do um, when Election Day comes. Uh, but yeah. the, the local aspect of it, I mean, you just brought up that to me would make a difference. I have not heard from any one of the candidates um, in, in my area at all. And maybe that's on me. I mean, of course, that's on me, too. If I really want to go seek some answers, I should do my best to go seek some answers. Right. But I, but that said, I've had no knocking on doors, no uh, appearances in the community that I've seen that I know of. I feel like it's kind of quiet. Yeah, I haven't had anybody come to my door either. And to be honest, I've never been in this this situation where 
I I have one federal leader that I don't mind and I probably would vote for him, but his local candidate's a loser. Or I've got a, a federal candidate in the prime minister that I absolutely with good conscience cannot vote for him. But my local liberal candidate's actually a decent guy. So now I'm down to the NDP or the Green Party. Cat, I may very well be voting green in this election. Wow. Okay. Candidates matter. And it, it's proven. What is that? Raj Saini, the Kitchener Center MP, MP, who has had multiple allegations thrown against him. And the prime minister was like, oh, no, it's all right. We've got rigorous processes in place. They're, they're very rigorous. Okay. But he didn't stick with that. Saini ended up leaving the race. So now there is no liberal candidate in Kitchener Center. I mean, he's still there on the ballot because the ballots are already printed. But he's not running anymore. Why didn't the prime minister condemn that from the start? Why didn't he get ahead of that and say, okay, listen, there's some, there's clearly something here and this happened on our watch. So we need to investigate. And for now, he's not going to be a candidate. Why did he need to be dragged kicking and screaming Mm -hmm. to the intersection of right thing to do and do it now? Fuck. Yeah, it shouldn't be this hard. Oh, it's so irritating. The whole thing is just irritating. I hear you because, but and and again to go back on what I said, I I just seriously don't think there's a good option. I don't know, and it's not like I'll magically in in a couple weeks or under two weeks now be able to figure out a good candidate. I, I don't know what to do either. I'm stuck on with the with the same types of issues as as you are. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not telling anybody to vote anyway because even I'm undecided no. at this point. No, I am yeah. undecided at this point. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is the rhetoric that's coming out of JT there is just awful. Listen to this. Well over a year ago, to ban military-style assault weapons in this country, all our MPs voted in favor of that. We've been unequivocal, and we know that some people are disappointed. Some people disagree with that decision. But we felt as a government that it was a decision that needed to be taken. And he goes on with a long diatribe from there. Listen, I never in a million years thought we would have needed an election in the middle of the fourth wave of a pandemic where the key issue is gun control. Why are we even having this conversation right now? Well, it's pretty simple because in the conservatives platform, they said they were going to repeal the new laws that Justin Trudeau put in a year ago. Well, listen, there's a compromise here and nobody seems to be able to explain the compromise. It's fucked up. Trudeau banned and it was a wide sweeping ban all in one bill that not only increased the background checks. And yes, obviously, that's good. We want background checks before people are handed a license to carry a weapon. And it banned, was it 1500 different models of guns? The only issue here is that that ban was just painted on it was very wide ranging there's a bunch of guns that got banned that really shouldn't have been banned they're certainly not military style assault rifles as justin's trying to call it so for those of you who have heard that and thought oh well aaron o'toole wants to legalize uh, ar-15s what no he's not yes an ar-15 by the way was just technically made illegal last year that's a military style assault assault rifle I can't think of a good reason that a person as a regular citizen in Canada would need one. That could probably go. But there's a lot of other guns that are probably just fine under our current laws with the checks and balances that we have in place for people to use for sport or for hunting. 
There's no problem with them. And all O'Toole is going to do is a review of all the different guns that are on there. The background checks, they stay. And by the way, Trudeau, if it's that important, didn't even do it in his first term. He didn't even do it in his first term when he had a majority. He did it last year, four years after he came into power. It's not that pressing an issue. No matter how you feel about it, it's not that pressing. So I I really think that this Hail Mary pass thing, just any issue will stick, is really becoming toxic in this campaign. And it seems like Trudeau doesn't just dislike Aaron O'Toole. It seems like he hates him. Because anytime he says it, it's with such disdain. And I I don't understand why it had to be so... I don't understand why we're having an election right now, first and foremost. But second off, I don't know why he's making it so personal. But fuck, calm down, Justin. Jesus. Strategy? I don't know. It could be a strategy, Cat. It very well could be. It's just, why does it have to be so hate? Oh, I know why it has to be so hate-filled. Because it's a wedge. They call them wedge issues for a reason. Because you can divide people with them. And that is what they are doing. Uh, starting today, international travelers can come to Canada without having to self-isolate for 14 days as long as they are fully vaccinated. Okay. Are you okay with this? Uh, uh, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Like the fully vaxxed thing. Okay, that's good. That's good. I would not be okay with it if it was just anybody and we were just like, yeah, let's see what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like to think that if I wanted to go to another country right now, as I'm double vaxxed, then I should be able to do that. So why wouldn't they be able to do that here? I think the timing is shit, though. Like, I, I, I do think the timing is shit. Like, I almost wish we could just push that part back a little bit longer. Like, can we, I know there's people who will disagree because they want to travel. They want to go s- see places. That That's fine. But it's such a sensitive time right now with kids going back to school. It's such a sensitive time. And we're going to throw that into the mix. It's just like we're, we keep adding these layers to make things more, potentially more dangerous and, and cases higher. And I really don't want to hear any lockdown, shutdown talk. And it, and it links back to something like travel that could have been postponed a little bit longer when we need to focus on what should be. And that's kids going to school. Listen, we are in a situation now where we keep hearing them toss around things like lockdown, another one, pandemic of the unvaxxed and shit like that. If we have to go to another lockdown, which I can tell you right now, no, we fucking don't. We do not. Doesn't matter how bad it gets. If we believe the vaccines work and there really are 80 percent of the population vaccinated, we don't need another lockdown under any circumstances. Period. The end. But. If they decide to go that route, it all has to do with our politicians. This is not your fault. It's not Kat's fault. It's not my fault. It's not anyone's fault other than our leadership. And by the way, for a government that used to criticize Stephen Harper all the time for silencing the scientists, Dr. Tam sure got real fucking quiet as soon as this campaign started, didn't she? Mm -hmm. Where is Dr. Tam? Not that I want any more of her shit. I just think it's funny that they tucked her away in a drawer somewhere and said, shut up, shut up until the campaign's over. Apparently, someone uh, asked her to comment on something and they were told she'll respond after the election campaign. Okay. Oh, really? And this is neutral Health Canada? Mm -hmm. Are they? Don't want to talk about the pandemic during the pandemic because there's a campaign on. Are they so afraid of looking like they're swaying politically one way or another with any comments and any answers that they that they give? Is that why? That's got to be why, right? I don't know, because, I mean, it seems like everybody will grab everything and put the spin on it that they personally want. So I don't know why that would be a fear now. But 
for whatever reason, she's sure as shit not saying much. And the one news conference she did do when they released the new modeling data last week. Okay, we all know why news conferences happen on a Friday. If you want a news conference to get completely buried and no one to pay attention to it, you do it on a Friday afternoon. And that's exactly what they did. And now we won't hear anything else until after the election. That's another one that's really suspicious, Cat. There's a lot of shady shit going on right now, and it's costing us $650 million for what's likely going to be the same result. Very, very frustrating. Anyway, I uh, did some politics stuff to get caught up today, but tomorrow we'll get to a whole bunch of different things that are happening. I got to tell you, um, I didn't even tell you during our FM radio show. It's weird. For the second summer in a row, I ended up in the hospital. What? Yeah. It was bad. Like, I have never felt that kind of pain at a doctor's office. Sorry, I shouldn't say I went to the hospital. I had to go to the walk-in, but they had to uh, freeze me to deal with my issue. Oh, 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 oh my. Okay, all right. My foot, too. Needles in your feet are the fucking worst. No. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't even tell you about that. I got to move. I'll tell you about that and, and all that stuff. We will get you caught up on tomorrow, everybody. Thank you for downloading After 9. Tell a friend, and we'll catch you right back here tomorrow. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.